0: How's it going everybody? Welcome to the Shared Stadium Podcast. I am Joseph Bright, joined as usually by uh, Brock Elder, and this is episode number nine. Uh, Today we are going to talk about uh, the Greenville Triumph breaking out of their slump. Uh, I think we're going to talk a little bit of U.S. soccer um, in preparation for the game tonight. Uh, Hopefully we will get a good result there, Uh, and then we will look forward to the Triumphs game uh, coming up. What is it this weekend against uh the second place Chattanooga new rebels um, so i guess brock you want to start off with uh, our most recent game
1: yes sir finally finally um correct me if i'm wrong but was the last win july 4th and was that july three? 4th was that a three july victory 4th as well at new
0: Eng- yeah july 4th at new england was our
1: last victory so that's what i thought yeah man it was awesome um you know, it, it was good to get the the first goal and two nil right off the bat. The cracker right off uh, for JJ to pop that in, and then uh, a great finish. You know, just a, a just a well finished, well tucked in ball. Um, yeah, man. I'll say this
0: for a team that has struggled um, and has not had the balls bounce their way. I think for a shot like JJ's to go in. Where you're hitting the true volley, you know, and to have it go in like that, I think that does so much for your confidence. Um, and it, to have it happen so early in the game. I mean, once, you know, kind of that goes in, everybody's spirits go up. Then we grab the second goal, vibes are through the roof, teams playing great. Um, and I think we just rolled from there. But, you know, I, I think we both talked about um, in our previous few games we would have a chance and it would either be just wide or it'd be blocked or it'd go off the end of the post or whatever. And the team would just kind of deflate a little bit. And I think that JJ shot going in the way it did a very, I mean, that takes so much skill to get right. Um, I think to have that go in really kind of brought everybody's spirits up and it's like, all right, like this is, this is our time. Like this is, let's go. So it, I, it was great to see for me.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, defensively, we just didn't let up those those like all the little things that were going against us, you know, the, the little deflections or the just the the quick mental letdowns, um, letting somebody sneak through, not following a man. Uh, I yeah, it just seemed like a different, and I don't know if it had much. I mean, I do think it had something to do with the way we came out, the different lineup, um, you know, who Harkes chose to start. I've I've actually been a fan of Ibarra's. I've I've thought that. Uh, that he's played really well, really, really technically sound, creative player. So I was a little shocked to see him, but not so much um, Mario's on the bench. I just think that like his demeanor, you know, like his uh, uh, body language has has not been, I guess, what I would want to see it hasn't been as positive. Um, he's quick to just kind of throw up his arms and, and get frustrated, and you know, right now as the team's kind of slumping, even though he's been our, our leading goal scorer and was great coming off in the beginning uh i, I guess it, you know it seemed like it was a positive move to make and and you know regardless of if it was or not the result came out the way it did and you can't complain with that
0: yeah i mean for sure and, and i mean sometimes you just need a break you know and sometimes you just need to to take a guy who's had a lot of success and is maybe getting frustrated, you kind of need to separate them from the game for for a match or two. You know, let him get a view from the bench. Um, you know, and maybe just just kind of give him like a mental break as much as anything. Um, and I, I think it'll be good for him. I mean, Marios is still extremely talented. You don't score the number of goals that he has scored by accident. I mean, he's an incredible player. Uh, but you know, maybe a game or two off will refocus him. Um, you know, and maybe uh, because I think we got a little too dependent on Marios, uh, and I don't know if you feel that way, no, uh, but I think when, I, I see where you're coming from on that. Yeah, like when he came out like gangbusters in this, you know, first part of the season, scoring a goal a game, you know, just unstoppable. I think we were relying a little too much on Marios and, and not playing as good a team ball as we could. Um, which I mean, hey, for the first you know, couple months of the season, man, that was working. It, feed the beast, let him score. Uh, But I think we got a little too dependent on it And then, you know, once it wasn't working as much Or once defenses started keying on him a little more uh, We didn't really have a plan B So I think kind of removing him totally Forced the team in a way To maybe look for passes and look for runs That they maybe were overlooking in favor of Hey, let's feed Marios You know, for the last couple Well, really couple months I mean, God, you hate to say it But shit, we've been on a two-month losing streak (laughs)
1: yeah no it was good to see and I'm glad Aaron Walker you know he had a fantastic game I I feel like he's been uh, just you know the whole time he's been with the club he's been solid but I feel like he's been a a really good leader this year and uh, I think he represents the patch well and the badge well and
0: absolutely absolutely
1: yeah so I I was really happy to see that for him I I thought he had a fantastic game
0: yeah yeah me too I, I think Aaron played great the defense played great I did we ever find out I have not asked Doug or anybody else did they overturn the red card on Dallas because that was absolutely ridiculous. you know I, don't uh, I know. Have never I have not seen a worst red card in this league and to say that's some of the worst <laughs> officiating in this league is really saying something because <laughs> the standard of officiating is very low.
1: No nah, man uh, so last night, uh, which I'm kind of paying for it right now, but uh, we the storms kind of came through and, and I, we've got this little dog that just flips out so like early in the night my daughter woke up she had like a nightmare and then the dog you know so this my wife had this dog before me and she basically just spoiled it so it sleeps in our bed and when a storm comes through man it just tap dances all on my head and so i was up like all night and then finally at like 4:45, the last storm was rolling through so I was like, you know what? Hell with it, man. I'm just going to get up. So I just got up and started working out, and I put the um, – I took the dog with me, and I put the game on and just watched the replay. And, like, right before I got done working out, I, I fast-forwarded to the end uh, after I saw the third goal, and then I just watched the red the red card over again. Because, you know, I was over in the supporter section when it happened, so it was really tough for me to right. see. And then I just Yeah, it's all the way
0: across the field from you all.
1: Yeah, and then I just never looked it up. So – yeah, it, to me that's like that's like an every game thing, right? Your your guy gets taken, or you know, the guy standing over him. Uh, it was it was really poor on on Toronto's side, and I think yeah, Dallas I mean that did. was a
0: yellow card challenge from
1: Toronto. No yeah, card. and then his reaction, and then I think that, that Dallas did what any player would do, especially a goalkeeper, and he, you know he shoves him off, and that's what you want to see, man. You want to see your teammates have your back, and. uh I, yeah, I don't know. I, it's hard to well, like. So I mean, for, so th- for me, you get a. I mean, if if Dallas
0: sort of went to his face, to you know, from his neck and above, you know, or would have you know struck him with a closed fist or you know kicked him, like those are red card offenses. A two handed shove to a man's chest is not a red card offense. You don't see it given anywhere. And I mean, he shoved him off of our guy who he was standing over after fouling him. So, I mean, Dallas was doing what I would expect my goalkeeper or my leaders or my defenders. Anybody that has a leadership position on my team, I would expect them to do that. If they didn't, I'd be upset about
1: it. But did he come in with his – it almost looks like he comes in for like a second go and may clock him in the face. And I, I can't tell from the camera angle, and everybody's in front. So if that's the only way I could see him because I see the – now, you know, obviously the player's going to sell it. So he's like grabbing – You know, like looking like it is hand, like he was bleeding or something. So it's really tough for me to say from that point of view if there was a second follow-up, but you know, I couldn't tell. So to me, everything just seems like you know, you want to give him a yellow. That's fine, but it shouldn't have been anything above that.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, and I totally agree with that. That that was just an absolutely garbage call. But I mean, with this league, you, I mean, hell, they're probably gonna uphold it because that's just what they do.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen anything different yet. I did see that Chattanooga won tonight. They scored an extra time, so they won 1-0. Yeah,
0: I mean, that's to be expected. I mean, they're, listen, they're a very good team. We are going to need to be on our A game to beat them. Um, But, I mean, they do have to come here, and hopefully they'll have some tired legs from playing tonight, uh, and that's really that's all we can hope for, man. <laughs>
1: Their coach is extremely fiery, and their team feeds off that. I mean, he was borderline. Well, like, yeah, remember he got kicked out of. Uh, he got kicked out of our last game, right? Yep. And then he was borderline. The last time we played up there, borderline disrespectful to Harks. Uh, the game I went to in Chattanooga, he like smacked him on the back of the head when they like went to greet each other, and it was like you could tell it wasn't. It wasn't like a friendly smack. It was like. It was disrespectful, man. You know, like I thought Harks handled himself very well because if it was me, I would have probably smacked him back. Yeah. Uh, I mean, at the who the hell do you think you are? I mean,
0: this is not – this isn't the Premier League. You are not, you know – listen, you're not Mourinho or, you know, Pep or one of these great coaches. Like, listen, you're coaching Chattanooga. You're in the minor leagues and you're trying to work your way up. Like, trying to disrespect people is not going to get you where you need to go in the coaching profession. hmm Because I guarantee you, you know, if he wants to make the move, let's say, up to the championship or especially to MLS, and let's say you have a terrible relationship with, oh, John Harkes, there's a lot of people in positions of power that are friends with John Harkes. He's been around the game for a long time. So, I mean, if you get a reputation as a guy who shows his ass, I mean, people don't want that in their organization. I mean, his team might feed off of it, but I've seen coaches like that before, and that has a really uh, high probability of turning toxic.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I, I remember what you were saying, or uh, I, I do remember him getting red carded. I don't remember the the post match after our last game.
1: No. Yeah. It but was, it, I was there. Ryan was there. I think a few guys on the team's girlfriends were there. Um, I will say that the like the supporters that I met out in the parking lot uh, were extremely friendly. It was weird though because none of them really sat in the supporter section. They all sat like because that, that's a it's it's a really cool stadium. It's not finished yet, but for what they have, it's I was a little shocked that they put artificial turf in. I thought they would have put real grass, but um, it's it's a cool setup. It's it's a really nice soccer specific stadium, but nobody sat in that supporter section. Uh, But, again, the supporters were, were very friendly. I had great conversations with them out in the parking lot. But, like, we had some guys sitting behind us that were, like, just talking shit the whole time and just being real rude. And then, like, the banter I was getting from people, like, a few rows over wasn't, like, friendly banter, you know, which we were never out of context, man. We were never, like, rude or saying anything we shouldn't, you know. It was just our normal kind of chance that we would do. And our supporter section and it got kind of chippy man like you know i had my daughter with me so i had to keep it together but there was a few situations where it just got got uncomfortable and you know again none of those people were folks that we met before the game but um it got interesting man so i've got a little uh you know, when it when it comes to people I dislike the most in the league, they're definitely on the top of my list. So that's that's kind of like my own personal rivalry against them. And again, nothing I will to, be a, I mean, no, I
0: want to see if those people travel. Like, are are they willing to come here? So and because I'd,
1: them playing that game here will not work. <laughs> yeah, the chippy ones I don't think will be here, but there was a couple I met that, again, very very nice. Um, and I I do believe they said that they were going to come, and I told them to come to our tailgate, and we'll show them the same hospitality they showed us uh like ryan my and my family but um yeah man if i see those other ones you know i'm not i'm not going to be disrespectful like they were to me but uh i'm definitely going to make sure they hear us that's for sure i mean i won't be able to be there because i have to work but i absolutely would have been disrespectful back to (laughs) (laughs) them
0: when is that game uh that one is uh the 11th it's on saturday
1: oh shit it's this saturday yeah, no, it's this Saturday. Yeah, oh, okay. we play at
0: home. F- yeah, we got three straight Saturday home games.
1: Okay, Ryan's gonna actually. Sorry. To show, show sorry. The yeah, is
0: this Saturday, and then we play the next Sunday.
1: That's so. right. Yeah, I'm donating my ticket to uh, somebody that's in the military because I um, I'm going to be doing the commentating for Anderson University men's soccer home games this year, and unfortunately, they play uh, Saturday. there's their home opener, so it'll be my first time ever doing commentary. I'm a little nervous, but. uh I've gotten to know the coach pretty well, and they haven't had anybody to do their games for their streaming service. So I told them that, yeah, man, I'll do it. So uh, here we are. Nice, hey, and I mean, and
0: that's awesome. I I am jealous. I would like to do that sort of thing. I don't really have time, but that's one of those things that like
1: my work schedule would never allow me to do. So that's cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I hate to like I hate to miss Triumph games, but uh, you know, I'm I'm a firm believer and and participating in, in the local soccer. And I live almost walking distance from the stadium. And uh, like I said, I've gotten to know the the head coach, assistant coach, and some of the players pretty well throughout the years. And uh, Coach Wright, who's with the Triumph, you know, he was with Anderson University for quite some time. And then he was like a uh, kind of advisor for the coaches there now. So in a sense, I've been involved with the program. I haven't gone to as many games as I like. It's definitely more attractive to go to a Clemson game than an Anderson University game. But, uh, again, you know, helping them grow the program, making it more attractive for recruits that might be watching online. You know, It does suck for family members abroad and anybody who wants to watch, and you're just watching a live stream with no commentary. So even if I'm complete garbage, at least I hope that I would be better than Dead Silence.
0: Well, and I mean, and the, the good thing about that is it is a completely kind of free space to learn.
1: Yeah, exactly. You
0: know? Yeah. It is a, basically a no pressure situation. You can learn, you can ease into it. I mean, talk to somebody like Rob Brown, like get, cause I, I know Rob's done stuff like that before. Like I, I am 100% like certain that if you like ask him, like how, what kind of like prepare notes or, you know, what do I need to make or whatever, I am a hundred percent sure that he will help you.
1: Yeah, I kind of mentioned something to him, and I had a good chat with Ross, uh, you know, about it, too. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And the cool thing, and one thing I was nervous about was, like, being on top of statistics for both teams, and I was talking to one of the people in the athletic department because it was kind of crazy. I had to go, like, through a whole application process. They did, like, the background check and everything. I'm like, whoa, I didn't know I was doing all this just to do commentary. So I'm, like, officially employed by Anderson University now, and um, – So I'm talking to this guy because I I was like hey I want to just do like a walkthrough and and get to know the setup and unfortunately the preseason game was canceled because of COVID breakouts Um, so I was hoping to do like a run through for the preseason game but he told me that they're going to give me like a stat sheet every game with like recaps of previous games and like who's scoring goals and stuff like so I was like oh man that's that's fantastic like that's That was like half the thing I was worried about, so... Yeah, I was going to
0: say, they, they, I think, I mean, even small schools have SID, like sports information departments, that, yeah,
1: should be able to get you all that information. Yeah, so that that was a huge weight lifted off my shoulders, and then they also wanted me to do the women's games, which, it was going to be really tough with just, you know, having a family and a job to do uh, two games, and some nights those are back-to-back, so... uh, They found somebody to do the women's game, so I'm pumped about that. So all I have to do is just focus on doing a a good job for the men. So, yeah, man, we'll we'll start it this Saturday and see how it goes.
0: Nice. Well, dude, that is awesome. Um, So uh, I guess we're going from good news to bad news, the U.S. soccer team.
1: Yeah. I'm actually – (sighs) so Canada was up 3-0 on El Salvador, but I turned on the – Panama Mexico and Panama's up 1-0 right now in the 58th minute. Um, so I would say well I don't know if both favor us. Uh, I guess you couldn't really say that because probably We're down. I,
0: here's the problem at this point like everything
1: doesn't favor us because
0: yeah. I mean we're so uh, we're pretty much in last. <laughs> so
1: we are f- Like no result is actually a good result for us right now unless everybody draws. That's right. We're outside of qualifying, uh, even the playoff game right now. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, and and for sure.
0: And there's just there's no cohesion. There's no. So my problem with this team is that there's no like coherent plan of attack. Like we, I mean, because you know when you go on the road against El Salvador, you're going to see it again tonight against Honduras. When you go on the road, these teams are going to and even against Canada, people are going to pack it in. When you don't have talent or when you don't have the, the talent to run with a team, most of the time you pack in a tight defense, you try to, you know, keep your, your defensive shape, frustrate them, and just hope to God you can either grab a set piece or grab a counterattack and get your goal there. You know, and, and that works but as the better team and as the coach of that team knowing what other people are going to do you've got to have a plan for that mm-hmm. and we we never seem to have a plan for that and that is my that is my frustration with Greg Berhalter and with the entire you know program is that we like this stuff should not catch us off guard like this is how teams have been playing the US for i mean 20 years I mean even when we didn't have this quote unquote like golden generation coming through like El Salvador still didn't have better players than us Honduras still didn't have better players than us so they would always especially at home pack it in play tight get chippy make it a physical game and try to frustrate us into either a draw or grab a mistake and get a goal and beat us so like we just it seems like groundhog day to me and I don't know how you feel about it
1: well, I, I did you so it's interesting that you say that. I saw something today. Stu Holden posted the a throwback to two thousand and nine. That's the last time they won down in Honduras. It's a picture of him and Donovan celebrating and then it's got like a team picture afterwards. So haven't won at Honduras since two thousand and nine. So that you know, right there that's that's tough. Um and, and I agree with you. There is a lack of it, that, that spark. I, I'm really hoping, and I put like a post earlier today from the, the Nations League after Pulisic puts away his PK, and I just said, you know, this is the vibe we need right now. Like we need Pulisic to come out and just be the dog that he can be and, and just ball out, be creative, attract players, have people making runs off of him that they can open up and ping something in. And get this done, you know, because the Canada game was very, you know, other than that little spark that we had from uh, from, Ro- from when Aronson won the ball, got it out wide to Robinson, he made a great run, made a great cross, and then there was Aronson to tuck it away. That was really the only like just spark moment. Everything else was was pretty dull, and you could tell exactly where they were going with it. So, I mean, I definitely agree with you on that. Um, Yeah, I've I've seen some lineups, like mock lineups from Winalda that I wanted. Like, those are the lineups I want to see, right? Those are the – and if I'm looking – let me pull it up real quick. But it's kind of based off of what they had for the the Nations League final, obviously with different players uh, because we don't have McKinney and – who else are we with that? Oh, Reyna. So we don't have. Yeah, we don't have Stefan either. Yeah, it's Stefan's. So you know, I like which the, on a on
0: a Premier League sidebar, and I don't know if he'll be uh, he'll be able to come back. But did you hear that? I guess like Brazil is holding all of their players for like ten days or whatever. Yeah, man. So the uh, the uh, Liverpool Man City game is both teams are going to be without their starting goalkeepers because Allison and Ederson were in Brazil. So if Steffen's out, that puts Manchester City down to their third goalkeeper, which is the dude that you never expect to play. That's just like I can't tell you who Chelsea's third goalkeeper is, and I like I know we signed a guy, but I have no idea who he is. I know (laughs) last year it was either last year or the year before we signed. um, I cannot remember his name, but he was the goalkeeper during the 2012 World Cup for England uh, when Dempsey took the shot and he made the absolutely terrible mistake and let the ball in. okay. Like, he, he was our goalkeeper. Like, he was our third-string goalkeeper last year, or two years ago.
1: What do you think a third-string goalkeeper for Chelsea gets paid?
0: Um, I think he was making, like, 400 grand a year.
1: Yeah. That's good living. I man.
0: know... I know at one point, uh, well, and what I know what Chelsea normally does and what a lot of these big clubs do is they bring in an experienced guy that is you know at the end of his career um, generally to be kind of a, an extra goalkeeper coach. Mm-hmm. I know at one point last year when we were dealing with some injuries, Peter Cech actually registered as an emergency player for Chelsea. So he was our third goalkeeper for a little while, even That's though cool. he's the like he's one of our like sporting directors. So I mean I would have loved to see him strap the helmet on one more time. It never happened, but uh you know. So yeah, uh, as a complete and total sidebar, yeah, that sh- that'll be a story to watch cuz uh I mean if if I'm a Premier League team from here on out and Brazil wants to call one of my players and I don't think I release them.
1: Yeah, did did uh did Liverpool ever release Salah to go play for Egypt? I
0: I don't I don't know. I honestly didn't follow it up. Uh, Costa Rica just scored on Jamaica. Well, actually, no. Costa Rica had done scored on Jamaica.
1: Oh, so they're up 1-0 on Jamaica? Yep, they're up 1-0.
0: And so they were... uh, Yeah, so...
1: Yeah, Jamaica just kind of, like... They were up on Mexico 1-0. They lost, and they ended up losing up 2-1. And it just seems like they just, like... They just, yeah, caved in after that, man. Like, they're done. They've, uh... They're going to have... They're going to come out of this with zero points, I think, is what it's looking like, so...
0: Yeah, but I mean for the, I mean for the U.S., is this a must-win game for Berhalter? I, I don't think there's a way if, if he, especially if we lose. I mean, a draw, you're going to hear the drums beat pretty loud. I don't think he can survive a loss.
1: No, I don't think so either. I kind of, you know, me personally, I think that uh, like low key, um, I wouldn't be shocked if like Bob Bradley and LAFC have already been in talks with U.S. Soccer because. It's hard for me to see anybody else coming in mid-cycle, other than somebody like a Bob Bradley, and signing some type of deal that takes them. Granted, they qualify. Uh, just signs like a deal that goes until the end of the 2022 World Cup, and then they leave it open for somebody like Jesse Jesse Marsh or somebody who might want to come in through the next I cycle. Mean,
0: I'm gonna be dead honest with you. Jesse Marsh is too good for the U.S. job now. Well, I'm with you, dude. We had we like, had our like we had our chance. Our chance to sign Jesse Marsh was when we signed Greg. Actually, it was as soon as we got rid of, uh, like, 2018. That was our chance to sign Jesse Marsh. That was before he went over to Salzburg, or right as he was going over to Salzburg. But now that he's proven himself there, and he's the manager of fucking Leipzig. Why would yeah. you leave that, John, for the U.S.? No, I, I'm with you, <laughs> you man.
1: Know? He's got a bright future, and he, uh, he actually is picked up german very well he speaks german very well like i've seen some of his uh talks with his with his team and he even like puts the emphasis on it's, it's kind of crazy man like he's very impressive I've, I've been extremely impressed with him
0: well i mean he and he also had a couple of years to work on that in austria as well so i mean yeah that's that's super cool
1: yeah yeah no doubt i mean for somebody like me where i struggle with languages so um that was like that was the last thing I had to pass to graduate from college, and not to <laughs> like like not to get off subject here, but it, it ties in with soccer. So, I had a student teacher who was originally from Colombia, but was living in Trinidad, Tobago. He came to University of Cincinnati. He was studying and teaching Spanish, and I was struggling, man. Like I needed this to pass. So, um, anyway, I. I was like, "Hey, man. His name. His name was uh, uh, Diego." I was like, "Dude, look. You know, uh, do you like do you like soccer? Do you like football?" He's like, "Yeah, man, I love it." I was like, "Do you watch Champions League?" He's like, "Yeah, definitely, but we don't get the channels here in the dorm where I stay." And I was like, "Well, I'm throwing a house party. It's, there's going to be a bunch of soccer players from the team um, here at Cincinnati, and uh, there'll be like some girls from the team, and then a bunch of other people. I'm going to cook out." we're gonna have a big like just it'll be fun man you should definitely come so he's like yeah yeah i'll come so i bring him over i get him hammered man like i'm I'm beating him shots we're drinking beers and uh afterwards like towards the end of the game i'm like hey diego man like I really need to pass Spanish. He's like, dude, you're the worst, man. I'm like, I get it. <laughs> I was like, but I got to pass. He's like, look, man, just just show up for the final. Don't completely suck, and I, you know, I'll make sure you get a C minus. I was like, my man. <laughs> <laughs> that is a true story.
0: Yeah, I mean, see, it was a lot easier for me. Studying music, as a vocalist, you had to learn French. You had to learn Italian. You had to learn German. So... Like my and you had to learn enough basically to, to sing them. Um so for me, the reason why I suck at Spanish is that I learned French. And so when I speak Spanish, it is this weird Spanish French hybrid, and it's hilarious to any like if I were speaking it and you didn't know Spanish, you wouldn't know what the hell to sing. But to a native Spanish speaker, it sounds so fucking backwards um <laughs> that it's hilarious to them, and so now I'm self conscious about it, so I don't speak Spanish very often.
1: So, so back to the USA so like you know if, if you're Greg right what kind of, who, who would you put on the field tonight because like, I've seen these mock lineups and I really like the the, the formation from the Nations League um, you know obviously I think you're gonna see a, a sergeant up top but I'm not gonna be shocked if you see Pepe I'm, I'm just waiting for this lineup to drop
0: I, I do not think that he will put Pepe like I don't think you put a teenager starting on the road in a foreign like in Central America. First, I just don't cap, think that's a good right. idea. Yeah, for his first cap, I don't think that's how you blood a new guy. Um, I think Burhalter's instinct, when he's backed against a wall, is to go conservative. He will put in guys he knows. He will put in guys he trusts. I think you'll see a very conservative lineup, and I think that he will hope that stick alone is enough to get the win.
1: Yeah, so I I, I kind of hope that, like, from what I've seen, I, I really think Mark McKenzie deserves a shot to come back in you know that's a lot of games for for the starters to play three games in one week so maybe you see uh Miles Robinson, John Brooks and like Mark McKenzie as a three back and then you got DeAndre Yedlin, Anthony Robinson on the on those like flanks, you know where like Dest would be.
0: Um see I pr- uh, I don't know if I would start Brooks either. Like uh, I would start maybe Walker.
1: I I'm cool with that. You know, I'm perfectly
0: cool with that. Yeah. I mean, you got. Tyler I Adams. think had we had we won against Canada, I think that you would have seen Zimmerman. I think you would have seen uh, George Bello. I think you'd have definitely seen McKenzie. But now, I, I really do think that Burhalter is going to be shocked into putting out a back three of like Tim Ream, John Brooks, and Miles Robinson, and like hope to God that that's enough. And you know, without Dest, it's probably going to be Yedlin and Robinson.
1: Yeah, I think Robinson Owings. for me was a bright point versus Canada. I thought he played well. Um, I think he's effective on that flank. He keeps other the other team honest, and I think he does a great ba- uh, job of tracking back. Though so I, I think he's a very talented player. Um, yeah, Reem, I'd rather not see Reem. I think he gets same he he gets beat by speed not des- so easy.
0: He has not deserved to put on a U.S. jersey <laughs> consistently in like six years. He's just not good enough. Like, he's a fine... I mean, he's having a fine pro career, but he's not the quality that we need. We're not going to qualify for the World Cup with the Tim Ream back there, and we're definitely not going to do anything in the World Cup with the Tim Ream back there. So, I I just... I I hate that I bag on that guy so much, because he doesn't select himself. He gets selected. Um, But he's just... Because here's the thing. I mean, Ream's like... like 33, 34. He's closer to my age than the prime of his career. He's got um, he's
1: got to be like a really good locker room guy or something. That's kind of the I'm only sure reason is. I saw him on the team. I I really didn't think he was going to get this much playing time. I've, I'm always shocked yeah. like how much starts he gets.
0: Yeah, I mean and I'm sure he is. I'm sure that he is a fine guy. I'm sure he's a swell fella. But he just like he's just not it, starting a 33, 34-year-old when you've got the World Cup coming up next year, he should not be one of those guys. Like, if you're starting a 35-year-old center back in the World Cup, it better be Thiago Silva. You know, it better be a dude that at his prime was a top five, top ten in the world at his position. And now that he's 35, he's still a, a good center back. You Correct. know, uh, Tim Ream uh, was barely our top five center backs, you know, in his prime. Um so yeah. But I think he starts because like I said, I think Greg, when he gets nervous, goes super conservative. And so that's what I'm fully expecting. Right. And you know I mean he's he's gonna lean on Tyler Adams. I guarantee you fucking Kellen Acosta's in there. Um he'll probably play Aronson, Polisic on the wings, and Sargent up front.
1: Probably, yeah. I do like uh Oh, here's the starting eleven right here, man. Oh shit! How close am I? How oh. close am I, dude? Dude, we got Brooks, Sargent, Pulisic, Robinson, Adams, McKenzie, Acosta, and then here comes Bello, Sands, and Pepe.
0: Pepe, get it? That is that's ballsy. But you know what if he gets if we lose this game and he gets fired he can blame starting a teenager. <laughs> Holy shit, man. Wow. Okay, here we go. I mean, listen, good. Throw some shit at the wall, man, because because we need some help.
1: Wow, this will be interesting tonight, man. I'm uh, I'm I mean, not that I I've been ext- I've been waiting for Wednesday since our last since since Sunday, so I've been dreading Wednesday
0: since last Sunday. <laughs> Well, and you know, I just we, I've, I've got no i've got no confidence in this team to do it. Like, I just I don't know. Uh, I've you know, I because we've had we we talk outside of the podcast, and you know me, I've been down on this team. Even when we won the Nations League, I was like, listen, it doesn't. None of the cups matter till we qualify for the World Cup. And so now, starting off World Cup qualification like this, like all of my worst fears are being realized. You know, Nations League doesn't mean shit. Gold Cup doesn't mean shit until you qualify for the World Cup. Like, we can puff our chest out when we're going to
1: Qatar. Yeah, you're right. And you and I, it's funny. Yeah, you and I definitely have had different takes uh, on the state of the team and, and the way they're moving forward and just opinions on Berhalter in general. Which, uh, you know, that that's one thing I like. That I, I read another reason why I kind of enjoy being on the podcast with you because we kind of see things differently and but, uh, you know, at some point, the the optimism in myself with the team and with Berhalter comes to a halt and comes to where you have to be a little more realistic and just understand that, you know, shit's getting real. Um, you know, they got, they got to put the points up. Ah, oh, man, Mexico just scored. Well, that's all right. It's, my, it's, my,
0: it's my biggest fear is that we are in a position – last three games of qualification, we've got to go on the road, and we have to win one of these games. Like, not should win, not a win and we're comfortable. Like, we absolutely need to grab three points in Costa Rica, in Panama, in, you know, Costa Rica, Panama, Mexico, God forbid, Mexico. Like, we're forced to go on the road to one of these teams and get a win. Because I do not trust this team and I do not trust this coach to be able to go get that must win.
1: Yeah. I I I could be wrong, but I feel like Costa Rica is just really this is a down cycle for them. Uh, I mean it
0: is. They're so their their big generation is cycled out. I mean they're just you know, like they're still so like they were banking on like Joel Campbell back in the day to be kind of their next big guy. He just never really panned out. You know, he was playing, when he played at Arsenal for a minute? Yeah, yeah, he played at Arsenal for a minute. Um, you know, but, I mean, shit. They're still playing Brian Oviedo. He's been around forever. You know, they're still, they just didn't have a, a generation to replace, um, you know, kind of their guys that were really good four, or six years ago. However, at the end of the day, they still have Keeler Navas. And if you have to go to Costa Rica and beat them, and Costa Rica also needs that win. I trust Kaylor Navas by himself more than our trust in our entire team. Mm-hmm. Because Navas is a shot stopper. Listen, I know he kind of got screwed over at PSG by them bringing in Donnarumma. I still think he's better than Donnarumma.
1: Donnarumma's a—he's got such an upside, man. He's a pretty, pretty quality keeper. Oh, absolutely. But, but as a
0: pure shot stopper.
1: Man, they, it's hard to find somebody better than Kaylor Navas. Didn't he get screwed over at Real Madrid, too? Uh, Yes. Yes, he did. Yeah, man. He's just had that. God, he is a great keeper, though. But you're right. Yeah, he just had a bum opportunity with, I mean, I'm sure he's doing well in life. But, yeah, as a starting starting keeper, he's kind of been pushed out by, well, at the time when he got pushed out by, what's his name? He came over from Chelsea, right? Yeah, Courtois. Courtois yeah, pushed yeah. out. Same kind of situation. Younger, upcoming keeper. Let's throw a bunch of money at him, and he's going to be our keeper for the next you know, five to ten years or whatever.
0: Well, and that's it. You, people keep betting against Kaylor Navas. And, I mean, I understand that he's 34, but dude's still got, like, three or four good years left in him. Like, I, I would trust his uh, – I mean, Donnarumma is a fine keeper, but he still hasn't won as much as Navas has won. Oh, I guess now he has, now that they've won the, the Euros. Okay, you can say that
1: Donnarumma has has won. So, yeah, he wasn't but, about to win anything with Milan and I don't think God Milan's man. about to win anything other than maybe a you know, a a domestic cup. I I really don't yeah. see them winning anything for a while. I don't see them winning the yeah. league and I definitely don't see them winning uh, you know, Champions League or Europa. Maybe Europa League uh, depending on who gets knocked down from Champions League, but yeah, I don't So, I guess for him, it just made more sense to uh, take the big money, and it, you know PSG obviously is throwing all the money, hoping that they can make finally make it happen this year. Yeah, and I mean, I, and I so hope they don't. I'm with you. <laughs> so I mean,
0: listen, I mean, I, I love Messi as a player. I, I love the players that, that PSG has. I just you know you nah, I'd rather see him not do it. I, I'd love it for Chelsea to knock them out. You know, I don't want to see Man United do it with Ronaldo. I don't want to see City do it with their fucking trillions of dollars. I would love for like Liverpool or Chelsea to be the ones to knock them out because, I mean, listen, they both have extremely rich owners. People that are unimaginably wealthy. Um, and if you think you can imagine what having a billion dollars is like, you cannot. You can't fathom what a billion dollars looks like. You can't imagine and can't fathom what a billion dollars, like, is. It's more money than you can spend. Um, unless you own a, a Champions League soccer team. right? Um, but, like, Chelsea's trying to do it the right way. Like, we're trying to buy and sell and keep the books like as balanced as possible. Liverpool's done the same. So, I mean, I would love to see one of these teams that is doing it a little more the right way be the ones to knock them out. Definitely. Well, man, Only because I don't, want to end, I don't want to incentivize spending billions and billions and billions of dollars every off season and having a de facto super league
1: without having a super league. So, just kind of um, wrap it up. Um, first of all, I, let's just say predictions for uh, for the game tonight. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. T- I was going to say two 0 but I'm thinking more two one USA. That's what I'm going to go with. I'm sticking with it, putting it out there. What do you think? One one. 1-1? One, one. Draw.
0: Yep. 1-1 one, one draw. I think we score early. I think they score late. And, uh, for the triumph, who you got? Triumph against chat. 2-1 Greenville. Yeah? I think I think we get up 2-0. I think they pull one back in the second half, and I think we hold on.
1: Man, I like it. I don't really want to say anything different, no matter what I'm thinking. So, I like it. <laughs> right on, So, my I man. guess
0: we'll, uh, yeah, I think we're going to roll with that, and, uh, Guess we will talk to you guys next time.
1: All right, y'all be good.